0: An electric first term seemed a distant memory by the final siren as the Hawks suffered another nightmare at Marvel, the Bulldogs wrestling away control of the game to win comfortably. We're going to discuss what went down in the Round 15 clash, touch on some VFL and AFLW news, and the decision that has set a course for the club's future. Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Talk Podcast. My name is Nick Mason and tis best thing about last Friday was the news of a certain re-signing. Yep. It... Overshadowed the whole evening, and the result, and the
1: umpiring and everything, everything about Mitch Lewis. People were calling for six, eight, twelve years after that first quarter. He looked incredible, um, and the less said about the rest, the better. But uh, Mitch Lewis. So they've they've basically pinned that to the board. Mitch Lewis is going to be a key forward going going forward, and uh, and also into the future. But, um, you know, there's some opportunities, fathers around him. I didn't see Jacker take anything with two hands on the weekend, but uh, neither did Kaczynski, so big tick for Mitch. And a big tick for you, Nick, who thought when Hawthorne took uh, Mitch Lewis, having turfed Sam Mitchell and Jordan Lewis very, very recently, uh, we better get behind this bloke because he's either going to be something or going to be the butt of a joke. And-
0: <laughs> I'm just glad that I made the right call. Yeah. Well, I mean, he came to the club and we thought,
1: all right, here's a, here's a bloke that can do everything, great sporting ability, had some ridiculous golf handicap even, at, even when he signed on. And uh, I've just been so shocked with his development this year. Putting on a bit of size has given him some confidence, which has gone through to his kicking.
0: His accuracy is very, very good. His impact around the ground as well has also improved. I mean, we saw that on Friday night, but consistent from game to game and his influence is starting to become more than what he puts on the scoreboard, which I think is really pleasing to see. And look, as far as his contract goes, I was expecting, you know, minimum three years. I was wrapped with four. With that to be the number, uh, and that takes him through to the end of 2026. I'm just so excited that I get to rock up to the footy and and see one of my favourites week in, week out. It's great. But apart from that, Nick, generally frustrated
1: (laughs) at Marvel.
0: (laughs) Absolutely.
1: (laughs) That first quarter, we looked really good. We looked up for the game. Ball movement was excellent. Inside work was great. Centre clearances, you know, we were dominating. And then a couple of tweaks and no tweaks back the other way. <laughs> and Hawthorne looked, well, they showed us up in the midfield and we know that's our Achilles heel. And then they started running in waves like Carlton in the mid-90s used to do. And it was just, you just couldn't, we just couldn't get a handle on it. We couldn't control the pace of the game, nothing for all the efforts of Of some of our best players and it just um, not only did it not work
0: individually, but the whole team play fell fell away. Yeah, it's just one of those interesting games where like, we had control 100% and then just a few little errors led to a crisis of confidence and... You know, just things started to snowball And before you knew it, it was a 13-goal avalanche I just yeah, kept giving the ball back in the worst possible ways Yeah, I, I, I will say this about the Western Bulldogs I'm not sure that they did anything too remarkable To get the game back on their terms But once they had a bit of wind in their sails They just ran away with it That was enough I, I was just disappointed that we let control slip And then had no answer in response And it's not like they've got their full side out there, mate they didn't have a ruckman. We should be able to engineer moments where not having a ruckman hurts the opposition. And, and you know, throughout this match, we did see, especially in that first quarter, we saw prototypes of the sort of game that we want to play. That the the chain that ended with uh, well, it began with Con McDonald, who then featured again. But the goal that ended uh, with Dylan Moore taking that mark almost in the square. That's about as on-brand for Hawthorne in 2022 as you could hope to see. That is the template.
1: Yeah, I had a crack of the umpires because it was 10 10 free kicks to two. And you're just reminding me, Dylan Moore went back and took that mark. And we saw a very similar occasion uh, where Bruce headed into the goal square with eyes only for the footy and was just pushed straight through and uh, resulted in in a uh, kick out, no free kick. And ah, oh, just the the whole evening they seem to be getting the rub of the green with the umpires, and very frustrating. But when you look at it, I mean, you dominate the first quarter, you're still down in in free kicks. Then you get dominated in the second quarter, and you're still down in free kicks. No. I, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand how it works. It was, it was very. Um, I think it was Dylan Moore who mentioned that they were well in the game at half time, but they really they didn't. Seem to make any changes And that last quarter happens And we both kick seven goals Seemingly out of nowhere And the game just frees up And you know It looks like both Coach Well I, I certainly think Bevo decided that the game was won And he just sort of Everyone relaxed a little But could we not play a tag on Libba? We had Dan Howe out there.
0: Well, before we get to the stuff that didn't quite go so right for us, I, w- I want to celebrate the uh, the endeavour of the likes of Jack Scrimshaw, who I thought had an amazing game, um, considering he was up against the wall for most of it. Uh, James Blank on debut, I-, I thought he turned in a fine game. I thought he was extraordinarily unlucky to go for the spoil to put the ball through the big sticks and... It just fell short, and Riley West, the opportunist, he slammed it through. It just Sometimes it just doesn't fall your way. But for James Blank, I thought it was a, an admirable first outing with a few fine moments. So I think he can hold his head high. Oh,
1: certainly. And he looked like a sure set of hands when he had the footy, and he and he asked for the football as well. He became a link player, which is important, because we were making sure we tried to shift the Western Bulldogs' defence, especially in that second and third quarters, we were trying to move them across the park, and they made it very difficult. Which, which meant we produced errors, gave the ball back, and people were out of position. But I think, as a, as
0: a debut game, that's as uh, that's as good as you'll see for a, for a fullback. I think so. Yeah, rock solid stuff. Uh, James Sicily, I thought you know, there's been a lot said about his antics during the game, but. He used the footy pretty well, certainly as well as Scrimshaw. I think that's to be celebrated. Or there are a couple of moments where I could have told him to
1: stop lairising <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just kick it to him. You know, just a couple of moments where things seemed to be fairly simple and he and he made them look look difficult. But the running off the halfback flank from Impey and Gath
0: and a couple of others, they just took the wrong risks at times. I, I didn't rate our halfbacks this game. Um, I thought Lockie Bramble was maybe the one that surprised me But beyond that I would have to say Lockie Bramble put his hand up and said Look, if you're looking for someone to take
1: this game on it, It's me So they moved him up to the wing bit bit further onto the
0: ball And he looked quite good well, He was nimble He had a bit of dash and dare about him When we saw he needed it To just get some sort of a spark going I thought the other guy that showed a lot Yet again was Connor McDonald Who has really stamped himself as uh, the the number one new recruit for Hawthorne. Elite disposal. And 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 not just
1: being able to hit the man, but picking the right man to hit. Uh, very look, it's a very hard thing to I don't know, calculate, but his footy now his footy IQ is wonderful to watch and it's only going to get better. It's just get excited about C Mac or Connor or the other Connor as I call him. <laughs>
0: Well, the other Connor didn't have a sensational game by any means, but he had some mates. Beyond those names that we've gone through so far, there just wasn't a lot to get too excited about. It was a down day, and we had this question from Peter. Do we need another line in the sand game? Based on the debacle last Friday against the Bulldogs, the lack of leadership in the club was never more apparent. Get out of my head, Peter. I was (laughs) thinking very much along the, the line
1: in the sand game. On the weekend, and I don't think that'll that'll happen again. But what that was was a was a a moment where the Hawthorne players decided they just weren't going to take it anymore, and and things had to change, and the mindset changed, and it was sort of you know done in a very crude fashion. But what it did was it galvanised them all, and we did not do well out of that, and <laughs> you know for about six months. We looked terrible. We lost a whole lot of players and the club looked worse than it ever was. But Culture, tis culture. It was a cultural change, wasn't it? <laughs> it really... <laughs> it's so shocking that it worked, but that's what we need. We need to throw off,
0: you know, tolerating good losses. Are you saying we need something a little bit more than snapping someone's headband off?
1: No, I'm just saying um, there's... I'm, I mean, we know there's a lack of talent on the list. I think that's quite clear. There needs to be about five p- changes to the talent. But there's also a few that don't believe in the... I, I get a sense that there's a lack of belief in whatever's going on out there. It can happen for a quarter and then the momentum changes and you just don't see someone rise up and go, I'm, I'm not going to tolerate what's happening now. I'm, I know Amir has done it and he tries to do it often. But, um, you know, we can't go to the same well all the time. And and back in the line in the sand game, a lot of blokes put their hand up and said, I'm going to be the bloke that
0: changes this. Well, you've got to be careful these days because as we've now discovered, the headband is sacrosanct. So just don't go completely crazy. Uh, Otherwise, you'll get yourself a a grand for one act like that, which is absolutely Mind-blowing, but the guy that we're talking about, Liber, he was the one doing the damage in that midfield. And as you say, no one was really flying the flag for us. Had a question from Views from the Nosebleeds. What do the coaches see that we don't see that forces them to persist with uh, Tom Mitchell, Jager O'Meara, and Warple in the guts? Well, Tom Mitchell wasn't in the guts for a lot of that match. In fact, I
1: got quite frustrated by the fact they don't play him in his best position. But... This, is, uh, this isn't about this year, this isn't about this week, this isn't about this game or this quarter, any of that. Um, perhaps it was in the last where they decided to change it up a bit but and make it a bit more respectable. But um, this is about Warple leading the contested possessions like he did. This is about the future. This is about seeing exactly what we've got and we need to see that to make the best decisions into the draft, into the delistings, into the trade period, and there's going to be opportunities for wins. Look, we've got a few teams that are either going to be not playing finals or given up on finals by the time we play them. So uh, there'll be some there'll be some weeks where if we play well enough, we'll get the win. And I think was it Hodgie who said this week when he was watching. Sammy coach early in the early rounds. And he's like, I don't get too many wins. Don't get too many
0: wins. (laughs) Funnily enough, turned out to not be a problem. I I think Nosebleed's point here with the question is this is a trio that we've seen a lot, you know, over the years now. This, I won't say tried and true. I'll certainly say tried uh, Mitchell, O'Meara and Warple. Enough's enough, isn't it? Like, we've seen enough of this combination Look, they would make the change if Box Hill looked any good Well, we'll get to that There's no pressure on these guys Certainly on paper I was excited to watch Box Hill Or at least catch up on the replay Because I was out at the time Checked the score and I thought to myself "Hmm, Actually, probably give that one a miss (laughs) But we'll get to Box Hill a bit later This question from Numo Your thoughts on the news that Mitchell, O'Meara and Chad Will be staying on at year's end Obviously gives us a lot of experienced players what does that mean for other experienced players like Gunners, Big Boy, and Shields? Will they stay on too? That was John Ralph, was it, Nick? Uh, spouting
1: that, was it? After after we've tried to shift them on and and, and been acknowledged as trying to get rid of them last year, they're, they're home and hose this year and we're not going to touch them, and
0: yeah. Apparently. yep, yeah, apparently they're not going anywhere. I, uh, look, I don't know what kind of deal you'd do for them anyway, but apparently that's the case. Yeah. Yeah, oh,
1: you know, how far off trade period are we? I wouldn't credit that at all. And I certainly wouldn't credit a question about it if I were an official at Hawthorne. I wouldn't be telling yep, they're on their way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. I I will say this, though, to numerous question. Not everyone could be safe. Absolutely not. (laughs) You know, you're going to have to move some players on. Uh, so even if that is the case for that trio there, if you do look at the likes of Gunners and McAvoy and Shields, not everyone can remain on this list. And eventually, when it gets closer to the uh, to the appropriate time, Tiz, we'll start discussing more in depth our ideas around that. Uh, this one from Justin, 15th for contested ball, 17th for clearances. No clue what Mitchell, O'Meara, and Warple... You're sensing a theme here, Tiz? I've stacked all of these questions together. No clue what Mitchell, O'Meara, and Warple are in the team for because they aren't outside players. They're not good kicks of the ball. They don't kick goals. They don't apply pressure. In the last four to six weeks, I'd like to see Finn, Long, Ward, and McDonald in the middle. And uh, I've got to agree with Justin. I I want to see different combinations. Yeah, well, Finn's Finn's the first one I'd I'd like to see. Well, he's the one at Box Hill that's a proven accumulator. The problem is we
1: were up against one of the premium midfields in the competition. I mean, you look at the dogs' back six, you look at the dogs' forward six, they're not that well-rated. And uh, the midfield destroyed us so much that they got their best percentage of uh, you know scoring from inside 50s. They had so much time and space. No pressure on the ball carrier. You know, We made them look
0: at their best. I agree with that. I don't rate the Bulldogs anymore after this game, so I want to be clear about that. The center line is terrific, even with a couple of their best players out.
1: it still functions excellently.
0: Yeah, but that's the point. I know how bad ours
1: is, so I have to adjust for that i I guess so, but this this midfield we have is is certainly capable of matching Adelaide or you know anyone of the teams around us. We're looking at a a far more advanced list strategy in the midfield the dogs have been selecting for midfielders since what 2013 okay so that's their whole game plan
0: well we have a chance to match it with uh one of our closest competitors when we play the giants this week it's 14th versus 15th they've won as many games as hawthorne if you can believe they might be better than that i don't know i don't watch them that closely but um that's going to be a good test We had this question from Tim. Assuming Warple has done enough to justify his place the next couple of weeks, what sort of stats in that period would constitute a pass mark? Uh, He had a wealth of contested footy, didn't he, Warple, against the Bulldogs? Yeah, ball use is still an issue. Yeah,
1: absolutely. As we come up against GWS, though, they play a very, very tough brand of footy in the centre. So if you're found shirking the
0: contest, it's going to be pretty clear if you're watching the game. I just need Warple to to dig in. Uh, I know the efficiency isn't there, and that is frustrating. But you know, I'll, I'll go easier on the guy if he's at least getting in and getting the pill, which he wanted to do. You know, that's that was his recall from Box Hill, and it seems like he was motivated and had a, a real decent crack. And hats off to him for that, at the very least. This question from Jane: uh, Who are the players you'd be happy not to see play again this year, and see the kids take their place for better or worse? Now, this is a harsh question. But not harsh enough for me to uh, balk at it. I do have an answer. Okay. Go ahead. Dan Howe, I don't need to see in the side. I know he's probably not worst on or anything like that, but I just I, he's he's not part of the next tilt. There's just no way.
1: Well, um Morrison greeted AJ's accolades from last week with one of his worst performances. I mean <laughs> the the wingman the wingmen for Hawthorne were, were so defensive yeah. and, and so You know, they were so defensively minded that that it had to happen. They just got burned on the wings. If you're not attacking off the wing, you you just can't nullify, you know. You've got to play your own game as well. And they didn't. And, you know, we suffered in transition. Um, Look,
0: uh, I've got to see Finn. I don't care who comes out now. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I see... Uh, as I've discussed a lot on this podcast in previous episodes, I, I, I see a lo- a big association between Howe and Finn and the types of players they they are and the roles they they can perform. And I think if Howe's holding that spot, take him out of there. Come on, give someone else a go. I've I've been championing Morris for some weeks. He he, he could be in Howe's spot. I don't know. Like you just got to try something. A lot of people will jump in and say that. Well, you know, Morris is not the future of this club either. Find out. We know Dan Howe isn't Find out who we've got Please
1: Well I mean Morris in a poor performance
0: For the VFL side Yeah as a team He he was one of the best He was He was So he's pretty consistent In that half back role He's doing okay Morris But Whether there's a a Great future for him On the list um, That's up for debate I say that we find out Because there are certain Players where I'm a lot less convinced. A question from Michael here. How brutal do we need to be during the trade period? There would be at least five currently playing who probably won't feature in our next serious finals tilt. I think you should probably look
1: up how many are unsigned to get an indication of just how brutal this trade period and end of year period is going to be. Because it'll shock you, I think, how many Hawthorne have decided
0: to you know, let the breeze take them where they may. Well, I think as we edge closer towards the end of the season, uh, that might be something we revisit. Uh, we've had our big contract news, the two of us at least, with Nash and Lewis. Uh, who knows? Who knows who could be signed on in the coming weeks? But um, certainly as we near the end of the season, we're going to revisit just who looks to be in a bit of limbo and uh, and how that will shape the trade period. So, you know, Michael has forecast what might be a brutal trade period. But again, we're going to to revisit that and look at that properly soon. Look, let's face it. Sammy coming to the club
1: has made people more likely to join us and a big... Free agent
0: coming to Hawthorne, couldn't hurt. Exactly right. This question from Numo. Uh, when will Harry Morrison re-sign? Last year, he triggered a one-year extension, and this year has been his make-or-break season. Before Friday night, he was sitting in the top 10 wingman in the comp and is becoming a key part of our team with his ability to play multiple positions and kick goals. Uh, as you mentioned, his last Friday night, probably not his finest game of the season, fair to say. But other than that... Um, he deserves a contract, you'd say. Let's face it, his his future at Hawthorne is not assured. So if he gets a better offer, he'll probably go. Who do you reckon circling off the top of your head? Who might be after a Harry Morrison type? Um, someone who needs
1: good forward line delivery. Uh, who can, who's in a position to be able to uh, accommodate an outside player like like Harry? Uh, he's got he's got real skills. He'd have. He'd have suitors throughout the competition. Um, I'm not sure who they'd be off the top of my head. I hadn't really thought about it. But uh, if Hawthorne offer him two years and and some other club offer him three with a chance of playing finals earlier than he's going to be
0: playing at Hawthorne, I think he would probably take it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. What about a straight swap with Port? We take Amon and they get Morrison.
1: Oh, Carl Amon. He got uh, some ridiculous stat on the weekend. Ten... Ten marks and ten tackles ten more than ten disposals, and just an incredible game and uh we were in we were trying to well i mean Clark I was just trying to do everything to bring aim to hawthorne. he knew what the boy could do,
0: yeah, I do wonder if maybe the uh the embers are still burning there we're still maybe interested, I guess we'll wait and see. Uh, this question from Anthony what do we do with Coszy once Lynch comes back can we use coszy as a defender which also allows Sicily to play as a third tall feels like coszy's confidence is at an all-time low at the moment
1: yeah he's playing a very very secondary role certainly getting out of the way of Lewis um, but I've seen a lot of can we put coszy back uh, can we put po- Cozy back put Jacker in the forward line give him a go um, look as a defender, I remember Coszy as being very, very miserly. His, his opponent hardly ever got a touch, but neither did he. And it's always been a problem for Cozzi to accumulate. Even when he kicks goals, he doesn't get a lot of touches. You know, it'll, it'll be very difficult to play. And at the start of the year, we, we almost refused to do this. We played a single ruck and Lewis with Gunston. Now, if Gunston is in that lineup and think they'd go back to a single ruck cause back in the VFL. It's, um, it's, it's a strange, it's a strange one because if Gunner's aging, um, you know, can he really take up the workload that he used to have? Can you accommodate Cozzy, Lewis and Gunston in that forward line with Bruce as well? Or, uh, well, what did you think of Butler and, and McDonald on the weekend? I mean, they they had their moments. Butler certainly finished better than he, he began.
0: Yeah, well, Butler found his way to into the game eventually. But before that, he was not much chop. Um, but I mean, what, it's his fifth, sixth game or whatever it is. Uh, so, no. Oh, you're not judging the man
1: on it. you just... It was he was out of positions at times. But what I liked about it was he
0: did eventually force his way into the contest. Yeah, well that, that speaks to, you know, his character endeavour and, and his willingness to get into the game, which is fantastic for a young kid. You know, don't drop your head is the message there. It's not over. Just keep going. Keep on plugging away. You'll get you you'll get your reward and I'm sure that there's no greater reward for Butler than a goal. <laughs> 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 loves a goal um yeah butler i still rate and i don't see any need or, or or any function of dropping him at this stage um and mcdonald well we've spoken about him very high on mcdonald um this this forward line and the utilization of jacob kaczynski it, it just it epitomizes just how many moving parts there are at hawthorne at the moment and and how you play him based on who's available and Gunston is apparently on track to be available for this Sunday as well, along with Wingard, who you can also put in the forward line. Uh, Will Day, I know it's not as relevant to that part of the ground, but you know selection headaches once again, uh, formulaic headaches. Just what are we trying to build at Hawthorne and who's involved in that? Uh, and is and does it mean that Cosie's on the outer? It's just it's going to be really interesting to see. And how often can you make so many changes
1: each week? You know, that has to impact the
0: cohesion of a side. Well, it does. I think we had five heading into into Friday night, and I wasn't necessarily opposed to that. I actually quite liked our inclusions. One of them, well, you know, Lewis coming back, obviously I'm all for. I I love James Blank getting a debut, and I thought he stepped up to the plate well. Um, But, yeah, I, I was okay with that, but five is a lot for a developing team that's trying to bed down their brand and we see that they are doing it <laughs> simply for not long enough is is the issue here and the fade outs and unable to reverse any momentum is is the thing that's been tricky and sadly that was the uh the story for the uh VFL side for Box Hill uh out at Witten Oval the Bulldogs slamming on five goals to uh two behinds uh against the breeze, tiz, which. <laughs> was <laughs> a bit of a slap in the face. Uh, they did that in the first term and never looked back. Rams didn't have a goal on debut, which I think is nice. Ward and McGuinness with 19 and 24 touches respectively. Uh, I quite like that Ward had a team-high nine tackles as well.
1: Yeah, but uh, all in all, the game plan completely failed for large stretches and uh, ball movement was terrible. And <laughs> the midfield had... No cohesion.
0: I mean, we lost We lost a lot of
1: players out of that game, of course.
0: Yeah, and a lot of our AFL-listed players seem to, at least by the stat sheet, have really down days. And, I you don't know, to put things into perspective, this is our, for Box Hill, our fourth loss of the year. And heading into this match, we were top four. This was absolutely an upset. Um, this was an off day, I think. And I'm not necessarily sure how much to read into it. Uh, looking at the lineup, seeing that, that midfield of uh, Ramsden, McGuinness, Ward, and Long—it was very tantalising. I thought, "Oh, we'll get a glimpse of the future here," and uh, we might have to wait another week for a good glimpse of that because it just did not come together this game.
1: Yeah, well, Dewitt was out of the the back line. There are a couple of changes there. Obviously, Blank is gone as well, so that doesn't help. Uh, you know, it makes it difficult. That's the it's the hardest part is is getting your back line fully functioning and if that isn't working it's very hard to do much else unless you're winning the ball which they weren't so
0: <laughs> well talk about winning the ball there's a few big name players for the for Box Hill that didn't do as much as they usually do uh Fergus Green I think was held to two touches all day which you gotta say that's completely out of character for him uh whether he was actively blanketed I'm not sure but yeah, bit bit different for Fergus. Do you think they're in a in a finals fitness
1: spree at the moment at Box Hill and <laughs> we're just seeing, <laughs> seeing them run out of
0: gas before the game begins even? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing down there. I know I've enjoyed watching them play immensely throughout the season, so uh, I just put it down to an off day and we see what they can do next week. Anyway, a lot of you might have felt on
1: Friday night that you wished the draft would hurry the hell up, and I can tell you... <laughs> But it's tomorrow
0: evening, how good Here we are Tiz, (laughs) in the blink of an eye Of course we are talking about the AFLW draft uh, Wednesday June 29, 7pm And if you're listening to this right on time That'll probably be tonight Uh, Now Sarah Black has tipped that we're going to select Midfield gun Jasmine Fleming uh, daughter of Australian cricketer Damien Fleming, of course Elite ball skills, speed, leadership And get this Tiz Mad Hawks fan A Mad Hawks fan who has idolised Buddy and Cyril growing up I mean, it wouldn't be a Hawthorne draft Without <laughs> drafting someone that is passionate and, and, and loves the club I mean, that's just our MO at this point, isn't it? Absolutely, that is the MO I, I haven't found another club in other sporting codes That does this And I've been looking it, It's the family club <laughs> Speaking of family, uh, Jasmine Fleming's sporting pedigree, uh, I think Daniel Cherney tweeted something about that today, Um, it's absolutely outrageous. The the, the amount of sporting prowess and the CV in her family alone is ridiculous. What is this? Horse racing, Nick? What are you doing (laughs) (laughs) What, pedigree isn't an appropriate term? (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Another Hawthorne supporter in our sights, you'd be surprised to hear, Tiz. Uh, Forward midfielder Amber Clark is also on our radar, boasting top-tier athleticism, footy smarts and goal sense. Uh, Also like the look of Bridie Hipwell, who's in the frame. Mackenzie Eardley... Is uh, potentially a player that could shape the entire draft. Uh, still a possibility for us if she's available. 183 centimeter defender, which is the sort of player we need. Uh, and Riley Wilcox, I sort of identified a need for a, a wing woman as well in this list that we've built so far. She can play small forward as well and is a really good chance and one that caught my eye as I researched things. But uh, it is interesting. As, as much as I can go player by player and look at the list and sort of try and. Work out our our deficiencies and how we might round things out. I, I'm curious to see which way they go. They have said that it's purely best available, but I mean, we always say that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, once we sign them, they're the best.
0: Right? <laughs> that's right. Uh, we also have a new signing on the eve of the draft uh, with another Irish talent, uh, Anne McDonough. I think that's how you. Do you reckon that's it? Do you reckon I've nailed the Irish pronunciation, Anne McDonough? Let's go with that. <laughs> At Hawk Talk Pod to pull me up on that if I'm wrong, but uh, I think that leaves us about seven or eight players, and we do have some decent picks. and I'm really looking forward to it. I'll, I'll be doing the coverage via the socials, uh, Twitter.com dot slash Hawk Talk Pod. So follow along.
1: Now, there's been uh, well, has he signed yet, Peter Nankerville Going to become Kenneth's successor? Geez, this happens fairly quickly, doesn't it? And I thought you know there was a ma- there's been huge preamble to this, and and this is one out of the box, Nick. <laughs> What do you mean? There's eight years of preamble. That's how long he's been with the club. No, but wasn't it meant to be someone else? We had the we had the committee to find out who wanted the job, and then the committee decided. Oh, actually, um, we don't like anybody who has put their hand up for this job. Uh, anyone in the room want to do it? No. Uh, and then they sort of got Peter in a the corner. I said, Peter, look, um, we all don't have time. Uh, this would be really good for you, mate, and uh, we'll support you if you if you just want to have a go. It's like what happens when they elect a new pope. <laughs> <laughs> you reckon they're not allowed out of the room until there's a decision made? And Peter's like, I really need to get going. All right, well, just yeah. yeah. So Peter, uh, look, I'm being facetious. He's gonna, he's a very, very much a heart and soul
0: Hawthorne person and uh, a legal eagle. So. Could be handy. Uh, You might be wondering, Tiz, just have a guess how Hawks for Change might have responded to to this unfolding how it has. They reacted saying that the decision is flawed, failed and wrong.
1: Yeah, but did they give any reason, did they give any reasons why or did they, because they forgot to give reasons why they needed to make so many changes in the first place. And now none of the changes they've
0: advocated have got anywhere. And they've probably delayed the process of getting rid of Kenneth. Well, no, I don't think that's true. I mean, the end of Kenneth's term was the end of twenty twenty three, and now he's moving on in December. He's shaved a whole year off his term. Do you reckon? Well, you know no. no well, I, I, it's not that I reckon. It's, it's precisely what happened. Unfortunately for Hawks for Change, um, fair to say that this has not gone the way that they intended, and they're not happy. Okay, so that's the that's their victory then. Oh, what do they what do they say? It's a pyrrhic victory. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I mean, it really is. It does seem that way. I don't. They're they're not happy with Nankivell. And look, I I got to somewhat agree, Tiz, that something about this stinks. I, I don't I don't like that the chair of the of the committee ends up being the guy to lead the club. That and and I know that they had to twist his arm to take the role, and he had to ask his family and all that stuff. But I just there's something about this that grates on me, and I don't like it. Well, I mean, proof will be in the pudding, I
1: suppose, but. We did both want uh, Andy Gowers on that committee. I thought that would have been a good move and that was denied. We also thought he'd be a good addition to the board, both of us. Nangeville is not the candidate I would have preferred. And I want to put that on record there, Nick, just in case uh, people think I've already picked a side.
0: (laughs) Okay, all right. Fair enough. Uh, And for the record, not the candidate I would have preferred either. I, just, I, I suppose I just take issue with the process. It doesn't seem right to me that the guy overseeing change could himself be the top dog. It just- that, that's not even the main concern. The main concern is that they
1: didn't find any better candidates than the bloke that was looking, in charge of looking. And even then, they had to convince him to take it. This is a club that's it's pretty much independent of the AFL, good finances, made some sound decisions, about to have one of the best uh, facilities in the game, and yet you can't find anyone we'd we'd rather have than the bloke who's, you know, leading the team. At that, either they're not creative enough or there's a dearth of talent, and i uh, <laughs> not sure that dearth of talent can really be the box ticked here.
0: No, no, it is deeply concerning. I, I, all of that did cross my mind. Surely you can sell Hawthorne, like a sales pitch for the Hawthorne Football Club for someone to to get on board and lead lead this organisation, it shouldn't be that hard. There's a lot going on for Hawthorne at the moment that's positive. I know that we've had our setbacks, but, you know, even one of the most recent ones is like, well, we got out of the pokies. You know, that that's a big one too. We've got this huge facility that we're building. That they talk up as Chadston-esque, you know, biggest and best in the Southern Hemisphere type stuff. You know what I mean? So... And also, as we know, wearing lots of brown and gold, it will also be the fashion capital. <laughs> and we're getting our pillars working at both ends of the ground,
1: both four years, both, you know, there's future happening on field as well. AFLW
0: teammate, AFLW team. Finally, finally, that's here after many setbacks. Yes. Yeah, about to enter the comp. It's very exciting. Uh, culturally, it's hugely exciting. Uh, there's a lot going on. I, it is strange certainly that um that we couldn't sell it to anyone or there wasn't an appropriate person and emphasizing the reluctance really grated on me <laughs> well they had to justify it they couldn't just say well here's Nankivell and here's the guy and that's it that's the end of it they had to properly justify why they went with him and unfortunately the justification does not read that well <laughs> anyway where, I mean, you know, you've got to give the guy a go <laughs> you got to give the guy a go He's been at the club for eight years
1: No, I'm, I'm in his in his role now Okay, uh, alright and see, and see how it goes Give him some clear air I don't want to prejudice myself
0: Well, all I can say is the fact that he's been associated And in the inner workings of the club for that long Makes me think that at least he'll be competent you know what I mean? Like, at least he knows something about the club and what, what it takes. You mean, we will not forgive rookie errors. That is what that means. <laughs> well, essentially, yes. I'm glad that you cut through the meaning there. We need to wrap up. Uh, we better get to our socials, though. Uh, we've had a fair few listeners take time out of their day to leave our show a rating or review via Apple Podcasts. Now, if you haven't done so, we'd absolutely appreciate that. Any kind words you could share about the show – helps hawk supporters find our podcast i would also invite you to join us over on twitter twitter.com slash hawk talk pod where we're on the doorstep of another big milestone the same story for facebook too facebook.com slash hawk talk pod and of course we're also on instagram so catch us over there too and if you love what we do you can support us via patreon and help yourself to some bonus subscriber exclusive hawk talk pod content we recently had the hawthorne quiz from hell Uh, our mid-season report card is there as well so uh plenty to check out and we've recently recently had a whole heap of new subscribers jump on board, Tiz, so a very special thanks from us to them. That's Mark, The spaghettist Scott, Nick, Jai, Numo, and Sean. We really appreciate each and every one of you for supporting us and making what is a very real contribution uh, to what we do. Uh, you make all this possible, so thank you. Uh, for any of our listeners thinking to themselves, this sounds pretty good, I want in, well, you can check out all the details at Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod. Nick? What are you thinking? Part of me is like, well, why not? It's 14th versus 15th. You can't tell me that we're that much worse than them. Um, I feel like we have a better coach. <laughs> I, I feel like we have an exciting game plan that if it comes together, we can put a team to the sword. But it is so hard to get a handle on Hawthorne these days. We are very much living quarter to quarter, not game to game. So I, I just don't know what to expect. Yeah, it's... um. It's
1: getting to the point where some of the younger bodies are, are tiring and they're not
0: capable of four-quarter efforts. So uh, it's highly unpredictable. Um, maybe, maybe let's all collectively set our expectations low for Sunday. Let's say that we have a quarter or two of entertainment in us because that's, that's what I'm seeing from Hawthorne week to week now. I reckon a quarter or two of entertainment and something to get excited about. If we, if we do more than that, we could well win. <laughs> if we can defend competently for the other parts, we could
1: win. But then again, Toby Green did kick seven against the Dogs the
0: week prior. So what are you thinking, Josh Morris or...? <laughs> I don't know, mate. It's so unpredictable. Well, in the words of Kylie Minogue and soon to be performing at the grand final, Robbie Williams, jump on board, take a ride, yeah. That's what this year is about, mate. we just got to jump on board and and, and feel the high, yeah. Because the kids are all right. Unbelievable. I can't believe you've found a song that actually works. One of my worst references yet and yet one of my best. It's that kind of inconsistency that describes the Hawthorne Football Club right now perfectly. (laughs) That'll be it for this week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Hawk Talk Podcast. We'll be back next week to recap all the Round 16 action between Hawthorne and the Greater Western Sydney Giants. We'll also be recapping the outcome of the AFLW Draft. So look forward to that. We are a happy team at Hawthorn. Hawthorne.